ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season three of Monster Jamboree. It is just me here in the studio today, guys, which is unfortunate, but you know what? Sometimes you gotta get shit done, and that means you gotta do it. Could not be here, unfortunately, today, but he will be back soon, I promise, guys. Because you know what? The Monster Jamboree promise is totally valid. You don't have to worry about it. We're gonna always keep out. We're gonna keep an eye out for you guys. But uh, today we watched Mayhem, which was truly interesting. I think that uh, I think that's definitely worth a watch, guys. And that's the end of the episode. I'm just gonna tell you to watch it now. Uh, no, I I think that it's got a lot going on for it. I think this might be one of the shorter episodes, but it's it's hard to it's hard to do these without our you know usual banter back and forth because. You know, that's kind of the fun of this whole thing, is that me and Eric pretend that we don't like each other, but it's fine. We usually do. I don't think we've had any particularly, I don't think we've had any particularly large tizzies amongst each other, but that's for another time. So yeah, today we watched Mayhem. I've got the uh, DVD right here. I'll read off some uh, some of the better, uh, I don't really know how to... I don't know what I don't know what word I was even thinking of. Basically, uh, it's got it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which is you know kind of a big deal. It's that, and I I totally believe it. It is a uh, Joe Lynch film. I don't know who that is. Uh, it's got Stephen Yoon, who I'm pretty sure Stephen Yoon is from. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from yeah, he's from The Walking Dead. He does a very good job, and Samara. Uh, fuck what her. Samara Weaving, there we go. She's in Ash vs. Evil Dead. So, two strong actors. Very, very good stuff. Uh, totally, absolutely. Uh, great cast, great acting. No one no one really eats it. Everybody really does a pretty good job. I can't really complain about the acting. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is pretty much on point in that regard. Uh, it's got a high rating from Crave. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm not familiar with Crave, but, you know, I'll take their word for it. The Blu-ray that I've been give uh let le, lent ha, has the uh, special features creating. I might have to actually watch that and get back to you guys and see how that is. But uh, yeah, it's it's got a balls to the wall cinematic anarchy from DailyDead.com and a cross between Office Space and The Purge. And I mean that's kind of accurate, I suppose. It's yeah, I, I'd call that good. So basically, I'll go ahead and start the breakdown for you. The breakdown is that, uh, I guess, oh, well, now that I can actually have the uh, character names readily available, I don't have to pretend that I don't care. Derek Cho is the main character of this movie. And who joins him is... I, I don't know. doesn't say her name, so that sucks. I forgot her name. I don't pay attention to character names. But... Derek works for some big, you know, fancy pants sort of a law firm or yeah, it's just a they don't really go into detail of what the uh job he does is, but um it's it's just it, you know, they basically give you a uh, he works for an office kind of thing, which, you know, we all work for, you know, I'm assuming a lot of us work for an office and we all have our jobs that we are like, "Oh, I don't know exactly if I I'm super stoked on some of the shit that's going on here, but, you know, that's why I think these kind of movies are a little bit cathartic, 
and then they give us a chance to be like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not going to commit workplace violence, you know, because A, it's not in my blood, and B, like, you know, it's very illegal. But, um, you know, there's something, it's kind of like with Office Space, when the man destroys the, uh, destroys the copy machine. You're like, I would never destroy the copy machine, but goddamn, do I want to? So, uh, anyway, to go on with that. So he, um, Derek is having a not so great day according to the back of this DVD, but you know, that's just the way that they phrased it. Not me. And not that I'm reading it for it, but it put it in my brain guys. It's not my fault. They put the words in my brain. So I'm just saying what I think, you know, what I think comes to my brain, but it turns out to be somebody else entirely. I don't, I'm not getting anything accomplished. However, I'll go ahead and start. Derek is working for the, you know, big building, office job, whatever. He seems to have some sort of issue arise where he is blamed for some sort of uh, thing going on in the company that is not his fault, and he loses his job, and he's like, oh, no, this is very, very bad. And more, uh, most importantly, in the beginning of the movie, it is highlighted that there... Uh, there's a movie, or a movie, Jesus Christ, a uh, a virus that has, you know, arisen that causes people to have their inhibitions lowered or make them uh, incapable of uh, stopping their dirt, their deepest desires, essentially. So uh, they talk about how basically, you know, people murder, have sex, do all this, all, you know, awful shit because they literally, because of this virus, can't help themselves. And... Uh, fun fact, in the movie they say it starts in Des Moines, Iowa, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, always got to love a shout out for Des Moines. You know, the Monster Jamboree boys are from Des Moines, so, you know, you can't have a problem with that. So, there, yeah, so that all happens. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's a, you probably would guess. Lo and behold, somebody with the virus comes in and, you know, spreads the virus in the office building, and the building is locked into quarantine for the uh i think it's eight hours or given eight hours before the virus is supposed to be cleared so they're all supposed to just sit happy and you know not murder each other and that's basically it well you know he does uh, he gets fired he's not he's being escorted out of the building but doesn't get out quite yet because they you know the quarantine is happening and because his inhibitions are lowered he's like i'm gonna go give the boss a piece of my mind and all this you know fun stuff and the boss basically throws him in the basement and just has the you know has some uh has some goons rough him up because you know that's what uh, that's what you do when you don't have any inhibitions you rough people up i guess you know as you do so he goes down there and uh he's met with this woman who previously in the movie he had denied a uh foreclosure uh, stay where basically she wanted to have the uh, foreclosure of her home extended a little bit and because he's a uh, he's a suit he's kind of an office stiff he's like nope can't do it sorry bye get out of my office has her you know kicked out so he ends up in the basement with her because she also is being escorted out but because of the whole thing she also isn't able to escape so they kind of have at it beat the shit out of each other a little bit and then they decide to join forces in the injustice of having this man's job ripped out from underneath him and her not have being or you know her being kicked out of her home they decide to you know get their revenge together and essentially what happens is they join up together and the uh derek who you know he's 
good at his job. He he was truly wrongfully rem- uh, relieved of his position. So he decides to you know use his information, creates a uh, basically, uh, I guess what they call a Franken phone, to call the uh, the corporate number or the corporate head of the file that he was accused of basically botching and lets him all know and then the boss of the uh company that he works for is basically thrown under the bus not very happy about that at all because you know he likes money he's ba- he, he's basically just you know a big he's basically the stereotypical like big office suit meany bad guy kind of you know just not in a bad he's not stereotypical in a bad way where the, he didn't have thought put into it it's just there wasn't anything he it was it, there was not like a stand out like oh man you know he's a super unique guy it was just it was very it was very clear that like he it, i don't really know where i was going with that point but it, it's not a bad thing he it, the uh, the character is not the character is not bad anyways so they team up and the first point of revenge that they decide to get because they need key cards it's kind of like a video game they need key cards to get up to eventually he you know he wants to murder the you know head of this guy and because he has his inhibitions lowered because of the virus and also fun fact uh, because of the virus legally allows people to murder one another because they're they can't be held legally accountable due to the fact that uh I mean, they, they literally can't control their actions, so if they murder people, it's like, well, uh, you know, they literally couldn't stop themselves. Like, it's basically they complete insanity every time, and they get away scot clean. So basically, there's eight hours of chaos in this office building that's completely legal crime. Or not necessarily legal, it's just they can't be held accountable. And, you know, because of this, he's like, all right, well, let's get my revenge, because I don't have any inhibitions, and also I want to murder this guy. And she's like, all right, tight, like, let's get this shit done. First point of business is a man on the, I believe, second floor. He has a key card that will get them to the seventh floor, which will allow them access to the eighth floor. So they need two key cards to get to the third floor. The second floor man who has the key card to the seventh floor is a man who they call the Reaper because he basically is the HR guy who informs people that they're being fired. And Derek decides to t- you know go up there and try to get the key card from him. I don't think he went up there intending, I mean, I don't think that he wasn't intending to, but I believe that, you know, had the, uh, had the man decided not to, you know, if if had the man decided to just give him the key card, I believe that he probably would have lived, but, you know, of course he decides not to, so, bada bing, bada boom, they murked the shit out of that guy, and because, you know, with a, with a movie like this, uh, I don't particularly enjoy grotesque violence, I'm not a gore, murder-y kind of, like, that's not why I watch horror movies. So, you know, it's there. It's just it's movie killings, guys. Like, you know, that's that's a big piece of this movie, is that you know there's movie killings going on. That's a very large piece. So yeah, they they mark that guy, and there's it, it's I couldn't I couldn't describe it properly because I don't I don't see the appeal in it, so I don't know what I would be describing that would be fun for everybody. So yeah, they they kill that guy for the key card because you know that's what they do and. You know they're all and and basically like the entire office is going completely crazy around them, which is nuts. And uh, oh, I should probably mention earlier in the movie, a uh, a good friend of Derek's is murdered unjustly, essentially, because 
uh, he goes to save his friend Derek, and he gets pushed into a board where a nail goes into the back of his head, and he dies. And Derek is very much less than pleased about this, as you would be if your friend died. But, you know, shit happens, and that's just the thing that happens in the movie. So this keeps going on and on and on. And, you know, there's just more murders, more murders. Uh, we're getting to know the characters a little bit better. It's basically, you know, a buddy movie where she's getting revenge on the corporate suits. He's getting revenge on the corporate suits. There, you know, it's this buddy comedy. But they're only working together because, you know, that's what that's what they're doing together for now. You know, they're they're no, they're only friends for now. They're en- they're enemies later. Well, you know, that's the, you know, that's what they say, of course. So this is all going on, blah, blah, blah. They get to the seventh floor, where the woman who basically fucked Derek over is the new target. And they have to figure out a smart way to get to her. And, you know, she's trying to bargain, you know, with her life and all this other stuff. And also, in addition to this, there is the concept that, uh, or not concept, there is a, uh, the board members of this building are trying to save their own lives and also the you know the main ceo's life well sort of they're just trying to you know they're mostly trying to protect their own lives but they are sort of negotiating with derek and they're trying to you know talk to the police outside and the police are like we can't really do much we got a psychologist that he can talk to so the woman who fucked Derek over is like, here, uh, here's a psychologist. Uh, she'll help you. Like, you know, but not, you know, obviously just trying to, you know, play him over. The psychologist is kind of a funny scene because he's like, all right, you know, just calm down, guys. It's not, a, you know, you're not thinking clearly. And meanwhile, Derek goes on this big speech, you know, about how he's, you know, legally immune and how he's going to, you know, if you get, if you get in the, you know, if you get in his way while he's trying to get to this woman, you know, because there's a, there's another group of people that are, clearly trying to you know win favor so they join her side to you know fight against Derek to try to save her life and there's a big battle scene that happens and eventually of course or uh our pal Derek wins which is neat you know that's always a good thing when the guy who's you know the main person in the movie is the winner so you know that always, that that is a very very good things that that is it. That that wasn't English. Jesus, goddamn Christ! All right, so yeah, the um, then this goes on, and Derek uh, does eventually sit down with the woman on the seventh floor, and she's trying to bargain. You know, to come be like, oh well, you know, I can't really do anything. Blah blah blah. Like, I got rid- like they negotiate, and then it turns out that uh, she was gonna give him the key card for her life, but you know, lo and behold scene that had occurred earlier is she had told her secretary who she was very very rude to throughout this movie to dispose of it she microwaves that card and she comes back to present the burned card to the seventh floor lady and the seventh floor lady's like what the fuck did you do because now i'm gonna die because i don't have this fucking key card and that was my only saving grace to my life and basically secretary's like yo the dudes upstairs told me to destroy that card and they would give me a promotion because they knew that you would betray them so bye bye fuck you you're dead and then they fight and kill each other i believe i I don't know if they both die all i know is the seventh floor lady dies but this doesn't solve the problem that derek still does not have the floor the uh key card to get to the eighth floor where everybody is so who does he recruit 
the IT department, of course, the most important part of any department, of course, because they make all the shit run, and they're deeply unappreciated. So this goes on. Derek, you know, has the uh, has the guy hack one of the other top floor ladies' computers, and all the because uh, I know all the work that she's done and all the other stuff she's accountable for. She wants that back. So they try to negotiate, but, you know, of course, there's some trickery afoot on both sides. You know, she offers, she offers her card in exchange for her information, but she has a gun. But then Derek finds the gun before she finds out. So then, you know, the the tidings are on his side, but then, oh no, one of the strong arms come in and, you know, kind of knocks him out. And then she takes, uh, she sort of takes hostage of the woman who uh, he's been palling around with. So that all happens. But eventually, you know, they uh, they all get outsmarted. And Derek wins that battle as well. And uh, the other chick, whose name I also forgot, escapes with uh, her life. And then Derek makes his way up to the final floor where he faces down with the big boss. And the big boss is like, you can be a partner, you know, if you just do all this and, you know, just, we don't have to fight. I'll let you, (coughs) (coughs) excuse me, I sneezed into a microphone. I'll let you live if you don't do all this shit, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Derek's like, nah, fuck you, bitch. Like, you fucked me over. You deserve to die. So they fight and Derek wins, of course, you know, as is the, you know, it's a a movie where the winner's going to win. So he wins the battle. He throws his boss over the edge of a railing and he, you know, dies. He becomes, he gets that guy's job, basically. He uses it to sign a document that saves the uh, saves the life of, or the home at least, of the woman that, he's, uh, that has been helping him and he's been helping her. Uh, they save each other's lives. He, you know, I'm pre- and then he quits after he does that final act. You know, that final good act. And then, end of the movie, he's painting because that's what really makes him happy. And he's in a painting class with the woman who he'd slowly gotten to know over the course of those eight hours. You know, typical buddy cop type of, you know, dynamic. And uh, yeah, that's the movie. See, there's a lot more, and it's very fun. Uh, I just wanted to give the highlights and not really go too far into it, because otherwise, you know, what's the point of a uh, what's the point of watching it if I'm just going to discuss everything? Sorry, I had to wipe my nose, guys. But yeah, overall, uh, I guess I'll get to the review portion. I would give this movie, honestly, I'd give it probably a uh, probably a seven five. And here's my reasoning. As I mentioned before, I mean this is this is I think that it's been pretty well established that this is not an objective review uh t- uh type podcast and I believe that if I were to objectively review it and give it critical critical acclaims, I would give it a I would probably give it on a critical scale probably an 8.5. It is a very good movie. Uh, I can't really I can't really say that uh I can't really say that it's a bad movie. There's nothing really particularly glaringly wrong with it. It's very fun. Uh, I agree with all the... It's critically acclaimed for a reason. It is a good movie. 
and this is why I do a podcast and don't do critical reviews for movies is because I like I've, like I mentioned earlier I don't do the grotesque violence the murder type like horror I mean it's also comedy horror so I mean there's a lot of over the top type stuff but murder and gore and that kind of stuff it's it's not that's not the reason I do horror for me I like horror to me is I like the psychological stuff the the blood and the guts I don't have a problem with it I don't think that's I don't think it's problematic I don't think it's an issue I don't even think it's you know I don't think it's bad by any means it's just that is the that's not the type of stuff that I like that I particularly like to watch there's plenty more movies that are like this that have you know the violence and the murder and it's a it's not ba- it's not I'm not saying that it's bad for these reasons I'm just saying that you know for a personal review I'm giving it a 75 because the chances of me watching it alone again are very low I would happily watch this with people oh many times to to be completely fair like uh this is, when I'm watching it alone f- once I enjoyed it very much uh, I I have no regrets about watching this movie I think that was very good I just I don't think that I would watch it alone again and that's where my rating system has broken down, I'm assuming, before. I'll lay it out again, just in case there's any listeners. Because this is the beginning of the third season, so maybe there are some listeners out there who don't know my review system. System? Wow. Words are difficult. My review system is a 10, is new favorite, perfect, I'll buy the movie, I'll watch the movie a million times, so on and so forth. You know, it's, you know, 10 is perfect. Like, there's, there's, a, there's probably only a few movies that I would rate a perfect 10. Um, a nine is that I'll buy the movie, I'll watch the movie over and over again, but it probably won't breach my top five. It may, a nine may end up in my top 10. It may, you know, it may bump out other nines, you know, cause there, a nine to me, you know, can scale from a nine, nine down to a nine, one to a nine, zero, just a flat nine. So that's why a nine to me is. It's not necessarily a brand new favorite, but I'll wa- I'll buy the movie. I'll watch it numerous times alone, uh, but it maybe it won't be considered one of my quote unquote favorite movies. Uh, an eight, similar concept. Um, I will probably not buy the movie, but if it's on Netflix, I'll probably watch it alone. I'll probably watch it a few more times. You know, I'll watch it a co- but may- like I might buy it. That you know, if on the higher side of an eight, like maybe between like an eight six to an eight nine. I'd probably buy it if I saw it, you know, and I was like, oh, I like that movie. I might pick it up. It feels like five bucks or something. I saw it and where a nine is something I have to buy it. I have to own it. A high eight is I'll probably buy it if I saw it. A low eight is if it's around and I can have access, easy access to purchasing it, I probably would. And I'd watch it a few times. Whereas where I give this movie that's seven, five rating is I won't buy it. I don't have I be, unless... Unless I come in, unless I come into easy access with it, I mean really easy access, I might buy it if it's you know, if I find it for a few bucks somewhere, but I would never watch it. I would own it, but I would never watch it again alone. I might buy it to watch among people, but honestly, uh, the people who I'd watch it with have probably either already seen it or would already own a copy, because again, I don't. This isn't a, like uh, the grotesque violence doesn't do it for me. It's not my type of horror movie, so it's not something that I would pick up. However, I don't regret watching it, and I would watch it again if somebody wanted to watch it with me or in a group setting where we could kind of all comment on it. It's a very fun movie. Um, 
you know, like I said, it's very cathartic in the same sense that office space is cathartic. You know, it's it's the dream of, you know, revenge is a very popular horror theme and they execute that very well without it being like, you know, gross, you know, you know, like that weird, like, oh, get back at these guys for treating me like shit. And then the guy ends up being a piece of shit. But, you know, we want to. it's not like that. It's like the guy genuinely does get actually fucked over. But he, he in fair, you know, there is the aspect of he, he does come to learn that, oh, I am actually also a bad person for some of the stuff that I've done. So, you know, he learns his lesson and also he gets his revenge. So it's a good thing. So overall, like I said, 7.5 Dracula's out of 10 Dracula's. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to catch up with Eric and see what he believes about the movie. See what he feels, see where he lands it. But overall, I'd say seven, five is pretty fair. Um, I, uh, go, I'll go ahead and say, uh, hi, Christy. And we got to get that. We have, we got to get that in there guys. And then, uh, we can't forget about the ASMR section of Monster Jamboree. This movie, I I would I would absolutely recommend it. Um, there's there's probably if you like horror movies, I would pick it up. If you don't like grotesque violence, it's not disgusting by any means. It's not unwatchable. Uh, like I said, I don't really do the violent movies. I don't do the blood and guts kind of stuff. That's not my thing. But even that being said, this wasn't particularly over the top. And when it was, it was for comedic effect because this is a horror comedy. It wasn't just gore for the sake of being gore. Um, so I'll give it that aspect in the sense that even if you don't like the just extreme violent horror type movies, I would still give this one a shot because it's genuinely entertaining and it's fun to watch. So uh, there's that. Alright, so we have the uh, ASMR section completed. I believe a half hour here. I think that's really all I'm about good for on my... Uh, I think that's really about all I'm good for on the solo episodes, guys. We'll make sure to have Eric back next week. We have some new guidelines for our uh, podcast that we're making sure that we're sticking up and keeping on track. We took our short break, but we're back, guys. We're going to be back. We're going to be releasing weekly for another 15 weeks or so, which is another... That's oh man, that's a few months now that I'm thinking about it. Good God. Whew. Alright, so yeah. We've got that going for it. And then uh make sure you guys go on over to punandgame.com where you can find such podcasts as Fun Pun Gaming, Not Worth the Time, and one of my personal favorite podcasts of all time. I'm a weekly listener and everybody else should be too. Make sure every you all listen to Who Gives a F. That shit is fucking incredible. And I believe I may, I don't, you know, forgive me. I guess I think I've already seen a few episodes, so I don't think I'm, you know, ruining anything. But we have a new podcast on the Fun and Fun Pun Gaming Network. We have a returning classic thing, guys, that Judge Die and Brian Eastlick. I'm pretty sure that's who that is. And if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm not going to do any research. It's okay. But. I know for sure Judge Die is on there. Judge Die is goddamn amazing. And it's on the Fun Pun Naming, Fun Pun Gaming Network, guys. So, of course, it's going to be goddamn entertaining. We're all a bunch of entertaining fellas. So, we have that. We have my other podcast, The Grove, on Tuesdays. We've yeah, I've got uh, 
I have all the other ones I mentioned. And, of course, Monster Jamboree dropping everywhere. And these are all just coming at you weekly, guys. There is so much coming at you from the pun. Uh, Jesus Christ. Pun and game. Fun pun gaming. These guys are just dropping mad shit, including the stuff that they're helping us put out content. So, you know what? Give them a big old shout-out, guys. Make sure you make you go on over to the website. Give them some love. There is a store where you can buy fun pun gaming no, you know, just merch. There's not worth the time merch. There's who gives a f merch, guys. I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some Grove merch soon. There's gonna be some Monster Jamboree merch soon. So keep an eye out there. I think that we're gonna have a Grove logo shirt, and I think that maybe we might have a Monster Jamboree logo shirt, or we might have some shirts that say "Hi Christy." Who knows what's gonna be on there? We're working that shit out right now. So you know what, guys? Make sure you go over to that merch site. I'm pretty sure if you listen to the other podcast, there is a discount code. It might be. I should probably know that, but you know what? Listen to the other podcasts, and they will have that merch code for you. Or Wade Taylor can listen to this and drop it in the description for me. But you know what, guys? Make sure to just go over to Pun Pun Gaming. That all that shit's gonna be there for you. That's about all I've got for you. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, seven point five for this movie. Make sure you give it a shot. It's fun. Just watch it and go to Fun Pun Gaming. Thank you. Goodbye.